Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Claire Tonti and welcome to a podcast called Just Make the Thing, for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. This week... I turned 33 and so I thought I would grab my husband and James Clement to talk today about ageing, about birthdays, about how it helps us make things and hinders us as well. So for anyone out there who is getting older or is very young and wants to hear us ramble a bit quite late after a birthday dinner that I had, this is it. So off we go. Me, Claire Tonti, and James Clement, otherwise known as Mr. Sunday Movies. Hello. Welcome Hello. to Just Make the Thing, the podcast about you whatever never it is. You listen to my show, do you? <laughs> I've, I've actually started <laughs> listening to it. But you, a little bit. I've listened to the last couple. That's true. Mm. Well, it's nice to see you, mate. Yeah, it is nice to see you today, as in every day also. In the place that we live. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, <laughs> you're stuck with me. So, just adjusting this. You, you are... Not a consummate professional. No. No, it's terrible. Okay, well, thank you for coming on to this show, Just Make the Thing, a podcast for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. I am Claire Twenty. You are James Clement, yes. also known as my husband, also known as Mr. Sunday Movie. Also known as the guy who fills in when Chanel can't make yeah, it. Yeah, okay, so that's reason. legitimately what happened. Because we went out for my birthday yes. on the weekend and we're all feeling a little sorry for ourselves. And it's now Monday night. Yes, very and late. It's, and it's still pretty, I'm still pretty grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah because that's what I want to talk about in this episode, ageing. Mm. We are... Getting older. Yes, aren't we all though? Every minute, every second, every hour, every day. There comes a point, I remember my dad telling me this when I was younger than I am now, that you hit like a point and then you don't get better. Like physically, you just <laughs> you just bottom you out. Slowly, yeah, dis- you just descend. Yeah, and you just kind of delaying the inevitable, like all exercise and eating well and everything. It's all just postponing it's like what's putting like holes in this like there's holes in a sinking ship and you're just trying to like patch them. exactly but eventually we're all which i don't think the is bottom this, of the ocean I, not that's not to say it's not worth doing mm. but yeah it's definitely harder as you as you get a little as you older. get older yeah. Mm. yeah i was interested in this because obviously it's my birthday festival this week happy birthday for Thank this week you very much um and i'm 33 and i've been thinking a lot about wouldn't that be weird if that was the first time I said happy birthday? Oh yeah, happy birthday! <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I know you've been so great as well. You made my birthday so wonderful. So uh, actually, you were terrible. No, you were really great. So thank you. It was so good. But I have been thinking a lot about getting older and what you learn as you get older, and then how it changes and informs the way that you make stuff. Because mm. I wanted to ask you about this. When you were younger, so we've talked about this a little bit before on previous podcasts. When you were a kid, you were a big maker, writer person. Yes. Drawer. And drawer and yeah, a lot of that. 
Mm, yeah. mm. And then you went through a real phase where you were none of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why? Just a 15-year phase. Yeah, like a long phase. Yeah. What happened to that kid that made things and drew things and wrote things and then why that big gap? Well, I, when I was at primary school, that was my thing. I was like, I, I wanted to be an artist. That was the, the thing. And I wasn't even sure what that even meant. I didn't even really paint. I, I drew. But I just assumed if you're an artist, you you paint, I guess, even though I never painted. And I don't like painting. It's hard because there's no precision with a paintbrush. It's absolute madness. So that's why I quit. No. Uh, I think I got, I got it in my head that, and I don't remember, it might have been something that somebody told me or something that I just kind of absorbed that you don't make any money from artists. Like artists don't make money and you can't make a proper living. So, and that and I think coupled with the high school I went to, which was a good school by, you know, by a lot of standards, was just there's no money in this kind of particular field. Nobody who came out of my school was doing anything, I think, as far as I know, close to what I'm doing. And I don't mean that in a gloating way. It's just... It's the reality of imagine, it, right? Because I, I, it's definitely not a gloat because I'm sure if I spoke to anybody from my previous teachers, they'd be like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> That's not even a career. But uh, yeah, so it just wasn't really an option. It wasn't like... Uh, like there, were, there was art classes and media and things like that, but nobody who did those things went on to do anything like that. And as make far as I know, money from it and have it yeah. as an actual career. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are exceptions. There, there probably is, but as far as I and I know, in my year level, as far as I know, there wasn't. Mm. Yeah. I know you say that. I'm also curious though, because I do think there's something else that happens to people, mm. and it's not just about whether or not you can make a career of it. Because you go from grade six in Australia, which is or Victoria here, which yeah. is like you're about 11, 12, yeah. right? And you're writing like I was the same, writing. Yeah. constantly always you, you you won writing competitions and that as a kid didn't you oh yeah well, mm. yeah nothing fancy yeah just like a local council but you know i loved it i would write and write and write till the cows came home and read and read yeah. a lot yeah can't draw to save myself can't but you know i did that and i sang and did all these things and then i hit high school and i wonder if it's more than just oh you can't make a career of it do you think it's more than just that I don't really think it's encouraged in a lot of schools. I think in primary school it is because I think – and because us being primary school teachers, formally, you encourage that kind of uh, – that activity and, and creative thinking and, and all that kind of stuff. And then high school, it, I don't think it's really valued as much because if you look at the subjects that get marked well, it's your, your physics and your chem and your chemistry and your, you know, your, your higher levels of maths and things like that, which, of course, they should be, obviously, mm-hmm. but – anything kind of media or creative is marked down because I think it, they're considered like bludge subjects or easy subjects. So I think there's definitely, you know, there's definitely, and also I guess because a lot of the, the marking for that is uh, there's not definitive answers for a piece of art. You can't, you know, you can't be for someone like that's an A plus painting because another person might think that's a shit painting. You know, <laughs> like it's a bit more subjective, yeah. I guess. I mean, I know, I'm sure there's lots of things about art though, in terms of technique and, oh, of you course. know, there's so Absolutely. much that goes yeah. into it. But, yeah, I completely agree that mm. it's all subjective as to what's good art or not. Like my mum was saying she went to an art gallery over the weekend and 
a lot of the really, you know, modern avant-garde stuff was like a white square with two dots in it and then a big long spiel about how it represented the existentialism of the artist or something. Sure. And, you know, every, but as I said to mum, art is about eliciting emotion and if, if the emotion is frustration and that's annoying, I could do that yeah, myself. If, if the emotion is, yeah, I was going to say anger that somebody else thought of yeah, yeah. doing something that simple. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. I totally agree though. I think that the kind of education system but i think it's even i think it's also music because you do a lot of music as well a lot of that is uh maybe not technical side of music maybe not maybe that maybe i'm wrong like if you're technically because you played flute and sung. no yeah that's i think it's a bit more quantifiable yeah but then again but it all goes i mean i guess it's the same as art it all goes back to whether you are a classically trained artist like a classically trained painter classically trained musician or singer or whatever, as opposed to maybe like a pop culture, like a popular music artist. And that right. is different and is a, is a lot more subjective. Mm. You know, it's a difference between an opera singer or a musical theatre professional that's studied for, you know, 20 years to hone their craft to be that good, as opposed to someone who goes on Australian Idol and is sung in their shower a lot yeah. and gets a cool song and kind of, you know, they do a Jimmy Barnes cover, yeah. which is normally the case, and then <laughs> yeah. they come second. Well, that's yeah, that's exactly right. Anyway, this is a bit of a long tangent, but I guess what I was trying to get at is that I think it's it's more than just you stopping to do creative stuff or writing and me is the same, not just because of the fact that it may not get us a good job at the end of it, which is actually not necessarily true, but also that there's something that happens to us as we get older where we lose a bit of that fearlessness around yes. creativity. I think because the stakes change and expectations of people around you change. Because I think I probably wouldn't have started what I'm doing now necessarily at the age I am now. Because when I started doing this, I think I was like 28. And even then I'm like, I'm way too old for this because everyone's like 17 and whatever. Now they're all dead or on drugs. <laughs> that's not true. Can you always say that to me that you're always like, I'm so old to be doing this. And Comparatively I know, to a lot of people I am. Yeah, yeah, I know. But then also... I, I think it's to an advantage though, to, to be honest. Why? Uh, because I think... Uh, I don't know specifically, but I, I think I'm more comfortable in doing it now than I was seven years ago mm. when I started. I, don't, I don't, couldn't even tell you specifically. Yeah, also who, like the, the small level of fame that I've achieved, I don't think anyone should have that when you're 17. No, <laughs> like, Because you awful. see people go crazy. You know, people get 30,000 Instagram followers and they go mad. And then yeah. there's a video of them shouting. There's, I remember there was one Instagram model who's shouting at a security guard because he wouldn't get into some con and how the security guard is ugly and he'll never be famous mm. and whatever and just stuff like that. It's just, a, yeah. Yeah, because that scares me actually. We were talking about this before, that whole mm. idea. Because at the end of the day, regardless of how many people know you or know what you create, that's not what life is. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, what matters is your friends and your family and that you're a good person, you treat other people well and that you have a good relationship with yourself. And I sometimes wonder if this whole like being a celebrity's famous thing is a little bit counter to that. Like it can yeah. make you a bit narcissistic or self-involved or believe your own hype you know what i mean right yeah and i and it's and, easy to do that when everyone's like this is great this is the best thing you've ever made or whatever yeah yeah mm. and i guess it must be when you're at that kind of echelon 
where like you walk down the street and everybody knows who you are and all that bizzo. Mm. And then if you put out a bad album or you write a bad thing or nobody likes that or you say the wrong thing or something and then the way people treat you differently would be hard because at the end of the day, I guess that's the hard part about being someone that writes and creates stuff. And the wonderful thing about it too that you get to meet all these people from everywhere and it's awesome and you know, you have experiences and opportunities that you would never get otherwise. But then you also have the flip side of that, which is people saying negative things or not liking yeah. what you do. And and so I guess you have to step one step back from it. And as maybe like what back to what you were saying, if you're older, you've got more life experience to know that none of it matters. Yeah. It doesn't actually matter. I think it's important if you if you do anything in the public eye, and this probably isn't good advice, but I think you should do other things beforehand. And that probably limits the, you know, there probably there may be a window where you can do a certain thing and that's not viable. But I don't think being really famous really young is, I don't think it's good for a lot. Some people handle it very well, but uh, I think also it's, I don't know, I, I don't care if somebody's been famous since they were 15 like i don't give a shit about anything you have to say to be honest like when they were like but just you just believe in yourself and today's gonna be a great day and i don't that that means nothing to me you know it's you know it's when it's when it's somebody who i know has you know done some stuff and you know achieved some real world things or been experienced yeah and been through some stuff that yeah. means something i think it can depend though on what people i think there's exceptions through. like i think bindi Irwin, for example is i think i don't know her at all maybe she's terrible but she seems you know fun and nice and and like someone yeah. who's been through a lot yeah so has its perspective and i guess that's the thing isn't it part of aging really and what gives you perspective and then what makes you a better artist person <laughs> He's, you just got up and patted the podcast up. Yeah, she was licking the couch. So I I, it was like really yeah. annoying you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that part of ageing is not about just the fact of how many years you've lived, right, which I know sounds stupid. Or weird, yeah. But what I think shapes what you create and what helps you and I guess what you're going back to is if you've lived through stuff, yeah. you've seen hard things and maybe some people who are quite like Malala her writing and her advocacy comes from someone who's quite young, but she lived through yes. her, like, you know, a whole, like, lifetime's worth of stuff yeah, um, and persecution in her country from a very young age. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, part of ageing and part of the wonderful part of it is that you do experience great stuff but also hard stuff that informs and teaches the way that you have a perspective on things. So, but yeah, in general, most people have to be old, like have to live along quite a lot of life before mm. they hit those things that make them grow. Yeah. I just think at the end of the day that fame can be dangerous for people. Yes. Maybe that's what I was trying to say. But being aging, which is what we're talking about, I think, is fine. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about getting older every day, forever? You'll never be better than you are right now. How do you feel about that? I kind of disagree with that whole statement, actually. <laughs> yeah? Because I've really enjoyed getting older, which such would, I mean, maybe maybe if my whole face sunk into my boots, I would feel differently. <laughs> I bet. Um, but I have, I, my perspective is that if you are growing and learning and experiencing stuff and then improving yourself yeah. and working on your friendships and relationships and doing your best that you can... 
I've found I enjoy my life more. Oh, infinitely. I just meant physically. Oh. Yeah, like physically you just get more worn down. Like the knee, your knees would get, start to get a little creakier. And, yeah. yeah. I think that having a child has changed that for me. Sure. I, I, don't think I was I there. Yeah, I know. See, I haven't really <laughs> noticed it physically otherwise. Yeah, right. Other than that. It's the child having a child thing. Because you a wrinkle on your head. I know. Or I'm a grey hair. Looking. I know. It's, I know. It's astonishing. I mean, I'm only 33. That's so, true. You know, I've got time. In two years, you'll have as many as me. I will. But yeah, see, it doesn't bother me as much. Mm. I mean, but then again, having a child and the effects of that on my body bothered yeah. me a lot more. Sure. So, uh, yeah. I think also um, you didn't like being a teenager or in your early 20s or that necessarily either. Like you didn't enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, from what you've told me about the people you went to school with, it wasn't a... Yeah, well, I just think, I don't think it probably had much to do with the people that were there. I think it was that we were all teenagers and I sure, was a yeah. terrible teenager. And everybody's just <laughs> trying to survive. Yeah. yeah, I honestly, that's what I think the more I reflect on it. Mm. And I was not sure of who I was and I was very opinionated and I didn't understand that as a teenager you often have to play by the rules and pretend to be like everybody else and everybody's pretending. And so I was in this sort of phase where I didn't understand that people had to wear the same shoes and like have their socks pulled up at the same time. Which is so weird because it's a school uniform. Yeah, I know, but you you have like – we had a colour of shoe. It was like a black or brown shoe. But but all the cool girls wore T-bars. You know those shoes, they're like – they have like a T-bar at, at the front and they have like two kind of big cutouts. No. Anyway, I just had regular school shoes and all the most of the kids, all the popular girls would have these like T-bar shoes. They would wear their hair in like – it changed over the years but often in a very high ponytail or with like two bits hanging out. Or oh, then I it was like look, plaques. Yeah. And, you know, it changed but everyone had the same hairstyle mostly. Yeah. And fake tan and then your skirt was like a certain height and you the way that you wore – even your T-bars – the way the straps were, you kind of wouldn't do them up properly. So they'd be like kind of hanging out a bit. You know, all those kind That's of That's rad. Isn't it rad? Yeah. Rad. But all of that kind of stuff I just didn't realise. And I wasn't the only one. There was lots of teenagers who didn't yeah. understand that too. But I'm sure. But I just didn't understand that that mattered at all. Because it doesn't. Yeah, but it does. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But when you're that age, you think that it does. Yeah. Well, like if you don't understand that it matters to be – if you want to be – if you wanted to be in those groups of girls and be popular and be invited to all the right parties and all of those things, then you have to play by all of those rules. Mm. And the other thing you can't do in an all-girls school is have a lot of opinions about academic stuff in a classroom and voice them. Yeah. And and also, I guess, say what you think all the time. I mean, it's probably annoying. Nobody I likes was a that terrible, now. <laughs> I know, I was a terribly obnoxious teenager, I'm sure. Not in a, like I was, I don't know, I don't even know anymore. I wasn't obnoxious to my teachers or anything because I was a real goody two-shoes in it. Because you had the same shoes student. as them. <laughs> yeah, probably. No, I just, I don't know. I just was so much more interested in what we were learning than I was in wearing like the same shoes as everybody. I think that's something that you still kind of come up against every now and then. Yeah. When you're in a conversation with somebody and they're talking about something banal like, not that specifically, obviously, but yeah, I think you sometimes you just crave talking about like world issues and, and, and uh, you know, and, and things that are, or even just how people feel, I guess, about themselves or others or, yeah. Yes, I really do. And I think that goes back into being like, I don't know if we're getting a writer, but I guess writers and people who make stuff often have to be 
analytical mm. or something about, I guess, comedy. For example, stand-up comedians yeah. often are people who are sort of watching the rest of, the, of life play out and then um, regurgitating what they think about it. And that's funny because everyone's actually in it and they've stu- stood a little bit back from it mm. and are providing commentary. Does that make sense? I guess yeah. what that, that's what writing is or good songwriting is often people capturing an emotion or a feeling or a, an experience that's absurd or stupid or whatever it is. And, I mean, comedy and music comes in all different kinds of forms. And I'm not saying that I'm a comedian or a musician necessarily, but I just – I do struggle with that because all I want to do is talk about what people think about the politics of the world or people's choices about human rights or how do we solve this particular world problem or even more just about what people – what are your feelings? What are you feeling today? Like what is the terrible thing that's happened to you? Tell me about it so I can learn. And You're a grief vampire. I am. I must be. <laughs> no, I just want to I just want to understand people. I find people yeah. fascinating what, what they really think and feel. And often people are having all of these sort of conversations that are more about brands of dishwashers or like – no, which is also fine also obviously but yeah and i understand what you mean yeah, and, and i feel is. the same about like footy guys i guess it's probably the equivalent for me that kind of like footy and sport and like could you see whatever and i'm like no i i, I didn't you know <laughs> yeah and then yeah. what do you do about that i know and that's the thing though like that you i always go back to which is what you always say is that everyone's a nerd about something, a nerd about something and if it's yeah. sport or if it's dishwashers or yeah whatever it is it's totally fine i know i just some i sometimes struggle with having surface conversations with people mm. when all i really want to talk about is you know, what's really happening, where's the world going? And sometimes, and fair enough too, people don't want to talk about that stuff. No, why would you a lot of the time? Because it's depressing. (laughs) I know, but I really like it and that's I do struggle with that. And sometimes it's just fun to shoot the shit about nonsense stuff, which is what my podcast is, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing I know. I would sometimes just, it would be great if I could just do that. That would be fun. Yeah. My brain doesn't work that way. And it never will. Never will. No, it never will. Okay, here's a question for you. Okay. What has been your favourite age? To be? Yeah. It's always kind of been generally the age that I am, except the times when I wasn't sure what I was doing or not enjoying what I was doing. And I was like, oh, man, two years ago when I was at uni and didn't have to make a decision (laughs) about what job I was going to try and get or, or whatever, then I'm... Then it was like, oh, man, I was just I wish I was through this. But generally, it's the age that I am. Like right now, it's, it's now. I, f- I feel good about myself for now. And, you know, uh, but so, <laughs> till it all comes, till it comes know, crashing down. Yeah. You know, it's touch wood. What about you? What's your age? Now, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Maybe before I lost my teeth. Sure, yeah, I, I have said that before. Yeah, well, that was because we're coming up in a year when since that happened. Yeah, but I've always said that I would never reverse time if I had the opportunity because it would screw up everything and space time <laughs> continuum or whatever. It's in a it. butterfly. Effect, it absolutely right? is. But the only thing I would change was you falling on your face. Yeah, everything else I would keep except for yeah, it would be except for that particular because yeah. I just feel it's just a senseless, really violent thing that happened to you for no reason and it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. It was really, mm. yeah, it was really violent. So I just, I remember like the events leading up, which was basically you were going to go for a run and it was dusk and you were like, should I go to the gym? And you were like, we'll go for a run. And I was like, well, if you go for a run, then it'll be quicker. So I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said just go to the gym, you know, and. But yeah. that's not mm. your fault. 
It's technically yeah, I, I mean, my it's fault. just a whole lot of se- it's just, it's a series of things that were perfectly aligned for that exact thing to happen at that exact that exact time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's funny though. At the time, I remember just screaming about how I didn't want to learn anything from it <laughs> at all. I remember just I was saying that on repeat because I was yeah. terrified. But I've learned so much from it. Right. Like so much. And I still it still makes me feel a bit nauseous sometimes, the whole thing. And mm. I still relive the moment of impact in my head. Yeah. Which is full on. But I literally I have. I've learnt probably more from that than a lot of things. I've been through a few things. Mm. I think one of the things that you learn as you get older, and I guess maybe this is even more so once you really start to, your looks go, James. They it's fade. Yeah. Your sweet, sweet hair. And, <gasps> and, and actually, guys tend to age very well. Some do. Yeah, this is true. Some <laughs> do. And actually, some women age very well too. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you there, there must come a point in your life where you let go of some of, the vanity that we kind of carry around. You have to because it sounds shit, you know. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a generalization, but every old person looks the same. Yeah, they do. <laughs> which is, a, which a is not point. true, obviously. But uh, yeah, when, when you see like a 90-year-old. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That, you know, And I mean, different people look different depending on how well they've looked after themselves. Yeah, but yeah. generally... Yeah, that's the thing. There's a point where you you start to lose that kind of vanity. Mm. And some women talk about that even. There's a freedom that comes when they hit their 60s. Right. Where they feel they don't no longer feel the pressure from men or from society to have to look feminine yeah, right. or yeah. pretty anymore. They yeah. can just be free to wear the hair in a practical way that gets off their face and get on with the day. Yeah. You know, and not everyone's like that. Obviously, people also love fashion and things, but that's a sort of societal expectation to stay skinny and stay a certain way, Mm. maybe changes a bit. Anyway, what I was trying to say was that with my face and the whole losing my teeth thing, it gave me a a real, and it still does, a real insight into how much things don't matter Mm. and how much how much you can you can things can go wrong and you can survive and also what does and doesn't matter like you've been so supportive through all of it and you're worth so much more than what you look like i guess yeah absolutely of course yeah yeah but so i've learned so much from it and 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 just even how to bounce back from stuff which i think is what happens as you get older you've been through things so you know that you can survive things yeah i think it's You've, you've you've had a series of things happen to you leading up to this, which, and you say, were like it kind of each time they kind of chipped away at you, you know, to kind of mm. like your reserves are kind of empty. But I think it's actually been the opposite, that it's kind of given you a resolve to, to kind of move forward. Yeah. Well, it's definitely given me the 
motivation to get over my own hangups about creating stuff and just put stuff out anyway. Hence why we're recording this podcast on a Monday night. Very tired. We're both exhausted. This is a very low energy effort. It is so <laughs> low energy. I'm so sorry. And, and but but I've promised myself that I will do this every yeah. week. And a year ago. I was very existential mm. about this podcast. Well, you've done 50 episodes. Next weekend. Next yeah. weekend, yeah. And it's, but you've been doing this for two years, is that no, right? No, a year and a half. Year and a half, yeah. But most of them have been the last, what is it, like this, 40 yeah. weeks or whatever, yeah, would you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah. And that's really shifted because of things that I've been through, I think. And, and, but also. And having Chanel as well to be like, Oi, we're doing recording this week. Yeah, yeah. Get, get to your ass over here mm. and get let's get recording and doing things. Mm. Yeah, that's been part of it. But I, I had to go, maybe I had to go through some of that stuff to just realize that either I'm going to do this or not. I mm. won't be here forever. I don't have infinite time. No. So get moving with it. Yeah. What was the kind of catalyst for you, do you think, that's restarted you starting to write and draw? I know we've talked a bit about this before. We probably but. have. Yeah, I'm sure we have on one of the previous episodes. But it was it was teaching, definitely. Because um because I did a business degree and I didn't understand when I was there why everybody was into it. Like I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like this is so boring. Like none of this is like just and it's all nonsense, you know what I mean? And what I do now is nonsense. But you know, it's still all made up stuff. I just I would just remember sitting in lectures being like, What am I doing here? And look, I've still got friends who did, you know, I did that with who I still see, you know, and they're all kind of in those fields generally. You know, and most of them are pretty, pretty happy with it. But for me, I was just, I couldn't comprehend why anybody would want to do this, like would consciously choose. Because for me, it was, well, I have to do this because I don't, I can't do anything else. I can barely do this. But then when I switched over to teaching, because we were doing uh, kids camps, uh, for St. Vinny's. So every holidays I'd go and do one of these camps for a week or whatever and just hang out with kids and do activities and like flying fox and craft and whatever. And I thought, this is way better. So then I moved over to teaching and that's when I just started drawing and, and writing and more and things like that. And then it was like another six years before I did anything else with it. But yeah, that was definitely a, a moment of... And I was good at it. I was like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm just, I, could, I barely even have to try. I'm just good at it, <laughs> which yeah. was a big relief because I just read an economics book and just go, this may as well be in fucking Spanish. Like, I don't get any of this shit. <laughs> and it's not even I don't get it. I don't want to get it. Like, I'm active, yeah. actively yeah. kind of working against it. Yeah. Have what you- about you? Well, you never seem to have lost it because as far as I've known you, you've always been doing music or writing or – Something like that. You you did crochet at one point, or or you pour it into your teaching lessons, and you know you've always seen or doing like gigging and things like that. So badly, though. Yeah, but you're always doing something. I feel. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Musical theatre, terror, mm. amateur community. I love musical, theater. like amateur musical theatre. Like I like making fun of it as much as I enjoy it. Just gen, just yeah. enjoy it, enjoy I've it. But a yeah, lot of terrible shows. I, you know what it is, and I think you might have this too, I have to. Yeah. And I don't have any idea why. Yeah. But I've never been happier when my full-time job is figuring out how to do things like creatively or otherwise, mm. you know, and and all the aspects of the business that aren't actually me writing and 
creating stuff is still me creating stuff because no one else does this business the way that I've decided I can do it. So it feels it feels creative. I think you're good at stripping away a lot of the stuff from the business that we don't need because I think a lot of people who do this or like a lot of big companies, they bring in a whole lot of people and they hire out an office space and you know what I mean? And this is the social media person and this is the whatever. But and we have those things, but they're kind of spread out across the world. Mm. Yeah, I don't you know, you don't and you can you can pick and choose people from, from everywhere. You don't need to have everybody in the same city to do it. Yeah. I think you've been really good at kind of working that side of things and yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. Well, it just happens to be also that also keeps we've costs got, down as well. Well, that's true. Yeah. But also it's more just a no brainer because there are people like Royal Collins. Yeah, who exactly. Work really who hard. edits this? Yeah, who edits this and is just... He's going to make us like, sound so enthused. Right, I feel like he's going to... man. I feel like he can change our entire voices and conversation to I hope be so. much better than it is <laughs> at the current time. Yeah, but no, I've always... I definitely have always been writing and creating stuff, but I also never finished anything other than hmm. like if... That was why I did like say musical theatre because it you have to turn up. And you have to, and yeah. even then, I quit a couple of halfway through. Mm. I quit cabaret halfway through. Cabaret shit, the one. Yeah, well, oh yeah. I don't know. I've never seen it. It's know. actually really an amazing musical. I just quit. I can't even remember why now, but I did. Yeah. Because that's one thing I can start lots of things, but never actually finish them. Mm. And so the difference with this network and now this podcast is that I somehow, in making it, I have somehow broken my curse of not finishing things. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also had a string of things that I kind of gave a shot at leading up as well. Well, I guess, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it, that you've got to keep failing until yeah. you get to the thing that works. And, I like, this is something that I've sort of learnt because I was a person at the beginning who thought more about the end result mm. than the process of it. Right. So I was always like, well, I'm not going to do this unless I get to be on the stage and perform for people because that's really fun and that's an end result. Yeah. Or wouldn't it great be great to be a writer and then you imagine yourself with a book? Yeah. You know, like signing books and yeah. or like that's what the front cover would look like or, you know, or you imagine, I don't know, anything. Like even like if I decided to start cooking or something, mm. I would – you would be sort of thinking more of the end product than the process yeah. of it. You know, I, I want to end up with this cake rather than yeah. will I enjoy while I'm doing That's it. That's like insurmountable though, I feel, when you're doing stuff like that, yeah, or can be. What do you mean insurmountable? To have that end goal of be like, and then I'll be signing books. I think you got to look at it, well, how do you start writing a book, you know? Do you map out, I don't know how to write a book, but do you, do you like do you outline your ideas, you know what I mean? First, do you, do you handwrite it first and then maybe you transfer it over and then you do another draft and another draft and you send it off to publishers and get friends to read it or whatever and network and start a blog and, you know, it's a series of things that you kind of yeah, have to do to get there. Yeah, completely. But yeah. I, And I think that there's something in... Breaking it down to small... Yeah, but also not worrying about whether or not you ever actually get a book. Mm. Like that is for me, that is what for my learning from this podcast anyway and about making stuff has been that actually it's not about the end product necessarily. No. Or not even maybe it's about the end product in a small sense, like a podcast episode or Mm. a video for YouTube. Yeah. But you can't start something imagining like – this kind of airy fairy 
stuff. You've got to focus on the process and the take each segment of it for what it's worth. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you never end up with that book, but you've written a whole lot of stuff because you need to, because you enjoy it, yeah, then that is still great. I think it's also great because that gives you skills for other things that you might not even realize that you've, that you've got. I think a good example is you doing this podcast from the start. Yeah, a lot of you, a lot of what you struggled with was editing and and how to get the sound levels right. And is this and is this interesting enough? And you know, and all those kind of things. And I think you've worked all through that, and you know now what makes a good podcast. And from there, that you started the millennial divide, which you're not in, but you're always in the room, and you and we're like, right, you need to tighten it up here, and you need you know you need a series of topics and whatever. And and that's such a great show. And I mm. think it wouldn't have been as good i mean they're great regardless those three yeah, but i don't think it would have been even things like getting a logo you know like getting a, a great logo for it you know i think that was you'd done all that before like you'd cut your teeth on this mm. to do that and when you when you try something the skills they might not transfer one to one because you you know because this is a pod i'm talking about a podcast and then starting a different podcast but those skills of even being able to break something down to its core components and how to get something made. I think that is, that is valuable. Cause I think for me, one of the most valuable things that I learned was working at McDonald's and like time management, which sounds ridiculous. It I could make, me. I could make a burger in my sleep. Like if you put McDonald's ingredients in front of me right now, I haven't worked there for 15 years. I could still, I could still do it, but it was, it was managing time and, and, and things like that and working fast and quick and, you know, and, and efficiently and things like that. And at the time, I'm like, this is the most pointless thing I'll ever do. But it, it didn't end up being that at all. I think it actually helped me quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, because nothing you ever do is wasted really in terms of all your experiences anyway yeah. are wasted because you just don't know when they pop up mm. later on. Yeah. It's kind of like the one of the joys of getting older, right? Sure. <laughs> I feel like you don't like getting older. Me? Yeah. No, I definitely kind of push back against it. But I'd kind of refuse to be like like a sad old dad. Like I don't want to be just a – I'm not saying I want to be a cool young dad and I'm riding a motorbike and whatever. I just don't want to be a really depressed dad in the park who can't chase their kid. And, you know, I, I want to set an example for our son that, you know, to keep – you know, maintain yourself, you know what I mean? Like look after yourself. Work towards something you enjoy, you know? Because mm. I think it's valuable not just for me, it's for – Everybody. It's for him to yeah. see it as well, I hope. Or he'll be like, shut up, Dad. He probably will say that. He probably that. will be like that. He's anything like me, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he will. No, I'm not looking forward to that teenage years of, of him. But What do you think is one of the hardest things about getting older, though? Uh, understanding that your parents won't be around forever. Yeah, that, that was, that was going to be, yeah. Mm. That, to me, that's been one of the hardest things. Yeah, that and the knowledge that life is serious yeah. It's also not. It's also fun and silly and great, but that maybe once you have a child that changes things a bit too mm. because you understand the responsibility that you have for another person. Yeah. But there is this certain magic that happens in your 20s where you don't really understand that how hard life can get. And so you just go hang out on a beach with your friends and have a beer and look at the sunset and laugh and yeah. Dad, can I have forty bucks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drive me to the cinema, you know, or yeah. whatever. Um, you know, so there's there is that joy that 
I had in my 20s. I was quite an existential teenager. But my 20s you were had a really, great 20s, sure. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, and there is that kind of lack of responsibility thing where you start, particularly at uni when you're studying, so you sort of feel like you're working towards something, mm. but it's not that big a deal and it's not that serious yet. Especially if you don't take it seriously. Well, yeah, to be fair, exactly. <laughs> Which some people do. Some people, and that's the thing, everyone's yeah. experience is different to this, but that was my experience that I, life had less weight to it mm. because I hadn't fully comprehended, A, that people I love will eventually not be here and B, things can happen to you that are out of your control that are devastating. Yes, yeah, and and also you've got to be able to look after yourself and, mm. you know, all of those layers of responsibility that come along with getting older. So, yeah, what about you? What's- That's definitely like uh, when now like if my parents call, it's it's not like a conscious decision, but part of me is like what if I miss this phone call and then they one of them has a heart attack, you know what I mean? And then I always think, shit, I, I, I screen that call, you know what I mean? So I never I never do that. Unless I'm, you know, you know, it's impossible to do. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd just be a bit lost, you know, without my parents even now. You know what I mean? Because my dad is quite handy and my mum's very useful also. They're both <laughs> yeah. great. And I also know it's coming, you know. I mean, maybe I'll die first. Maybe I'll get lucky. <laughs> Don't you dare. No. But, yeah, just knowing it's coming, you know what I mean? It's um, Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard. Yeah. I guess because I lost my dad. Yeah, exactly, young. and seeing that with you. A couple and, of years ago, yeah. And even though your dad was sick, yeah, it still wasn't – that wasn't easier at all, you know? No. Yeah. And it's just a shock. I think, like I was saying, it's that, that when you get older, the sort of gravity of things or the finality of death and mm. grief is something that you don't understand until it happens to you. Like you can you can cerebrally kind of process it on a level where you're like, I know this is a thing that can happen and will happen to everybody, but you don't really understand it until you come close to seeing someone you know or you love. Definitely. And I, cause I don't it. think I've experienced it like, like you have. And I think it's really going to hit me when I do. Mm. So that'll be good. Great. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> sweet dreams, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hoping when it does happen that I don't look back and go, I oh, fucked that up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess that's the other flip side of all this, right? That at the end of the day, the knowledge that it would be easy if I didn't forever. like it. That'd be way easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, at the end of the day, the knowledge that things aren't forever actually means that you are more conscious. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so on a practical level, sure. before we finish, what are the things that you are legitimately doing to s- prevent the ravages of time? <laughs> I have a pretty decent skin regime, courtesy of, of you, okay. of your products, the, the go-to, whatever they're called. Yes, My yes. sponsor. You're ex- uh, exfoliant. I do. I try a bit of that. I don't know if it makes that much of a difference, but it makes me feel... Like it, you like, look very shiny. Thank you. I, pre- I do. I'm very shiny. Uh, I have a shampoo which <laughs> which darkens my hair slightly, which I'm thinking of giving it up again because um, I'm going to start looking ridiculous more so. Uh, I, fitness is a big thing. I, I go to the gym six days a week, which is quite a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's quite a lot. I don't go that much. Yeah, but it, uh, that's definitely made a, a big difference and I kind of hate it, but um, I genuinely feel better. From it, yeah. I don't think I've been fitter ever. No, you're very Maybe fit. since I was like 
16 when you're just accidentally fit <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Because I, you know, I think, yeah, because in my 20s and that, you know, when you're drinking, I didn't even realize that it, it's so damaging and, you know, to, to you and, yeah. Um, Mentally and physically yeah, and absolutely. everything. It totally is. Even now, like I'll drink now and I wake up and I feel like I've aged like a lot. Yeah, it's and you not kind of good. you do recover, but it's a slower, and and definitely eating. I've changed my eating quite a bit recently. Of uh, mm. less bread, less sugar, less a lot of cut out a lot of dairy and and things like that. Mm. So all the all just all boring things. Yeah, but it's I'm, practical stuff, right? Like I yeah, think it sounds easy, and I don't hate it either. I'm, I don't resent doing it. I like doing it. I like feeling better. Yeah. What about you though? What's what are you doing to prevent the ravages of time bearing down on you? By a better a giant genetics ticking clock. <laughs> that one day will tip onto you and oh, crush Lord. you. Uh oh the same as you. I don't do as much exercise as you, which is a crazy statement to say because I was always the one that was exercising. You were the motivated exercisey one. I know. But you still do. Like I think you you just do slightly less than me. Yeah, I do. But I do do less, but I also do that for injury reasons and stuff as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's part of it. Um, and also because we wake up at different times often, so yeah, one totally. of us has to sacrifice themselves. And it's usually you, which I should, which is not really fair. No, that's not always true. But anyway, because you're, you're up to like three o'clock in the morning. So anyway, difference, different things. I So that's part of it. Moisturize and sunscreen. I try oh, yeah. and always be very sun safe. Mm. That's one big thing. So sunscreen and um, moisturize and exfoliate and all that kind of thing. Uh, get my dentures replaced with sure. real teeth. Like That's, an old woman. Yeah, exactly. I actually think that like also trying to eat well and all of that stuff. But for me, the biggest thing that's changed this year is stress. Right. Because I think if you're really stressed, there's nothing worse for you. Yes. Like, honestly. It's I don't, a killer, they say. Like, legit, I know you're looking at me and you're like, because I'm always stressed. No, it's. I agree with you. Oh, do you think, I look at you thinking that. No, <laughs> look at yourself and think you're stressed. Like, no, I'm not. No. I don't think I'm that. No, because mm. I think stress causes more illness and um, probably premature aging mm. than anything, even eating poorly. Because you're just, your body's always in this fight or flight mode. And I had like adrenaline course. And when I was teaching, uh, my stress levels were so high. Yeah. It's just crazy. I just can't. Also, what you had, because you had a couple of bad years of classes. Oh, no, they were great. Not bad. It, no, it wasn't but... the kids. It was just, it was circumstances. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, just teaching in general is really stressful, I think. Yeah. For me, anyway, it really was, towards the end particularly. And so that, I think, I've been actively trying to be kind to myself and do things yes. that, like drink a lot of water, but just take things a bit more slowly mm. and not, I think that was another reason why I fell on my face because yeah. I was too stressed. I was taking on too much yeah. and it wasn't good for my health or the people around me either. But I also think that that was causing me to age and that's why now I have no wrinkles, James. That's true. You've, you've got very few wrinkles. I'm so fresh face. I understand it. Yeah. Be kind to yourself and, and breathe. Yeah, because whenever yeah. you're like, I feel like I don't do enough, and I'm, you know, I always think like, what are you talking about? You did more than anybody I know. Yeah, maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You don't see me. I, I don't do know a lot of many. couch lying. I don't know that many people anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We don't know anyone much. We stay at home a lot. Anyway, um, I think we might finish because I'm about to go to bed. Yeah, I'm excited. 
This is long enough, right? I think so. Oh, God. <laughs> you happy? I'm sorry, Claire? Collings. Poor Collings. He's going to have to try and edit this together into something comprehensive and cohesive. If but anyone can do it. That guy can. That's right. Yeah. I think that's that's it. Mm. Yeah. Go make the thing. Don't you have to like plug social media or something? No, I do that after. You don't do that? I do it after. Okay. No, I mean like do you, do you want me to do it? <laughs> No, I have a whole system. I know you don't. (laughs) Bloody hell. He's trying to tell me how to podcast. It's like he's a a very accomplished podcaster or something. I certainly am. You're the freaking worst. Thanks. No, you're not. You're great. Oh. You're welcome. You turned it around. You've been listening to a podcast called Just Make the Thing with me, Claire Tonti, and with the wonderful, very talented Mr. Sunday Movies himself, James Clement. For more from me, you can go to at Claire Tonti on Instagram or at Mr. Sunday Movies on Twitter, and you can email this show. We would love to hear from you at justmakethethingpod at gmail.com. If you could do us a favor, we'd love you to rate, review, and subscribe to us in iTunes. And for more podcasts just like this one, all Australian-made, you can go to planetbroadcasting.com. Also, head over to James's YouTube channel, Mr. Sunday Movies, as well, if you're into lots of funny things and comic books uh, and movies and such. It's excellent. I can highly recommend it. Okay, that's the show for this week. Oh, one other thing. Thank you to everybody who donated for our Care Australia charity campaign. We hit $41,000 this week. So we went over our goal by over $1,000. So the amount of people who supported that campaign, but also the contributions they've made that have really made a massive difference to women and girls living in extreme poverty all over the world is just fantastic. So Thanks again. Um, There is still time to donate. There's a link in the show notes below and you can get some bonus content from the Weekly Planet Boys um, as well as Tofop and Do Go On. So, yeah, up to you. But uh, thanks again. Thanks for supporting the show and uh, go make the thing. Okay, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.